Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. All right, Bitch Talkers, we have a special interview with two lovely ladies. We are covering the short film Madhavi with the writer, director, and editor, Jacintha Charles, and friend of the show who's been on multiple times, Lisa Yadao, who is a producer on the project. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, super excited to talk about this. We're going to start with you, Jacintha. Why don't you introduce your film to our audience? Yeah, so the story is really about the aftermath of domestic violence. And it's it's a story about a woman, a mother who, uh, who is struggling to bring up her daughter, raising her daughter after having gone through a really bad marriage and how she tries to sustain her life within her community. But it's, you know, it's hard for her because, you know, she's she's earning a living. She's struggling to earn a living and all that. And at the same time, trying to find a way to appease a, com- a community because she's South a- she's of South Asian descent. And within the South Asian community, you know, it's really hard when it comes to domestic violence because they think that, you know, if you leave the marriage, you bring shame upon your community and you, you, you get turned on basically by friends and family. So this film is really about how this woman struggles, but how she also finds resiliency throughout everything else, you know, to bring her daughter up. So, yeah, that's really what the film's about. Jacintha, I wanted to know why you wanted to write about this topic. And then, Lisa, how did you come into the picture and why did you want to help produce it? Yeah, I wanted to write about this because, you know, we see so many films that, that you know, you have the topic of domestic violence in its current mode and and then you see the end where, okay, so this is what happens to the character and and then the end. But I wanted to talk about, there's so much more layers to it because when you leave a relationship like that, nothing goes rosy for you in the next few years. You know, there's still the struggle that goes on and there's still a lot of uh, questions that are not answered. Your life is impacted now in a different way. It's it's now you have to find a way to to lead your life starting from zero, especially if you leave a marriage that you've been very dependent on. And I really wanted to cover that. And I really wanted to show the strength of uh, a woman and a strength of a woman um, who's also a minority. And so for me, that was really like my inspiration was really the survivors. And I'm a survivor myself. And I always thought that there was going to be a time that I will start writing a story, but I felt like I needed to learn a lot more before I actually started writing a story as as important with the topic of domestic violence. So I took my time with it. And um, yeah, that's that's how it came to be, really. And Lisa, how did you get involved? Well, story-wise, I think Jacinta is a brilliant writer. I think story-wise, it appealed to me because firstly, I'm also a survivor. But secondly, I am in the position of raising a daughter. And I was thinking, how do we want, how do, what, what are the stories I want to help shine a light on 
where my daughter can see those examples as she gets older. We need more of those kinds of stories. Um, I'm also in, in a position where I didn't have, I, I'm not South Asian, so I didn't have that sort of struggle within the community. So I just thought it was interesting to, to read the script and to see how it all played out uh, on, the, on the screen. In terms of getting involved with Jacintha as a person, we'd met because I was, we were living in the same complex on Van Ness, like near the Tenderloin years <laughs> ago. Um, and I had a crew of women in my law because we we're wrapping up my short film. And she <laughs> walks by and she's like, what's going on here? She's walking her dog. She's like, are, are you making a film? I go, yeah. She's like, it's all women. <laughs> I was so, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then she goes, I'm a filmmaker too. And I was like, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, for me, it's the story. Yes. The script. Yes. Uh, Jacintha as a writer. Yes. But Jacintha as a, as a filmmaker and as someone who I want to uplift, that's the whole purpose of Paper Tongue is to uplift um, women's stories and women filmmakers, you know, especially BIPOC. So that was important that I really wanted to get involved with this. Wow, I, I think your next film together could be a story about living in this apartment building uh, in yeah, the yes. off of Van Ness. I want to hear <laughs> Oh my <more>. God. <laughs> yes, we we live, we, you know, it's, we're by Willow Street. So tons of things. Oh, there's oh, yeah. a lot of things that oh, happen yes. there. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yep. There's also some very good fun nearby, but we can get into that. Yeah, later. Exactly. <laughs> well, well um, thank you both for being so open and, and sharing your experiences. Um, I, I wanted to start with how the film opens, because there is this incredible mm. dance scene on the beach and you're immediately entranced by this woman. Um, and, she, you know, she may have had certain dreams in the past, but life happens as as it often does. But one thing that I really took from this film that anybody can relate to is, you know, you can have a dream that doesn't necessarily come true in the way you thought it would, but that doesn't mean that you can't still live a different version of that dream. Like she can still dance and feel fulfillment and joy and peace, and no one can take that from you, no matter what happens in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You, you absolutely have just, you know, you hit the nail on the head that that's, that's exactly what um, I wanted to to start off with in this film because dance is really like it's very therapeutic for Madhavi that the, the character that's exactly what she's going through you know and that's her way of expressing her joy her frustration her happiness everything that goes into that dance and and the dance that she's doing it's called katak and it's a poem it's like a love poem it's a passionate dance and and it's so expressive and you know. If you see, you know, the use of her hands and her face and her eyes and all that she goes through, like every movement is an expression of something. And we thought it was really important that we open up that scene with, we open up the film with the dance. And plus she's a beautiful dancer and she's really a Katak dancer by professions. I really lucked out because her name, her, the actress name is Nandini Kanhera and she's actually my muse because she's been actually in my other short films. So every time I put her in a film, I'm always having a dance. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, she's beautiful and she expresses it so well. But thank you for finding that, actually. Like, I don't know whether many people, I hope, I hope people will sort of realize what it meant for the opening. But for you to actually notice that, that's great. Thank you. I will say, too, that dance, that was also appealing to me because, uh, you know, I'm part Hawaiian, part Filipino. And in Philippine culture, like dance is dance and music. It's all very. Yeah. Um, Part of our culture and then in Hawaiian culture hula is very important mm -hmm. and at one point and so to see culture 
expressed through dance in a film or not everyone's going to really understand what's going on, but they can still connect to the emotions of it. And then to also like show that there is joy in dance in, in even in this really, really heavy topic, right? So it's, it's, I think it's like a good contradiction of like, life is really difficult, but life is really full of joy. It's, it's a nice expression, you know? Yes, that feels like it hits home, especially in the last few years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of actors and actresses, um, can you talk about the daughter? I thought she was really powerful in the scenes that she's in because she's not in every scene. So if you can talk about casting her and, and her, her part in the film. I would say that she, the daughter was probably one of the harder ones to cast because, you know, mm. you're dealing with teen, tween you call it tween, they're like between what, 11, 12, 13. Um, and uh, the maturity level, you know, we had to, we had to have someone who could, you know, perhaps understand what this topic is about. I mean, you are, you're going to play opposite a character that has gone through so much and you're, you know, and, and, and we really needed a, a child actor who could sort of understand uh, the emotions uh, about being a daughter who is, basically straddle with all these feelings of you know why is my mom this way and just just so much that we felt that that she had to sort of understand and we had like about oh my gosh maybe like 10 that came through the audition to be honest I thought there was going to be more but 10 was good we were like <laughs> I'm happy with 10 it's okay and there were some really good ones you know really really good ones and we were going through it and and I spoke with my AD as well and my other producer Harley and I think I spoke to Lisa I think Lisa has had seen some of the uh, auditions as well and I, there was just something very natural about Nyara mm -hmm. uh, her name is Nyara uh, there was something how she responded to our lead actress when we had, and, and mm. honestly, I've never done Zoom auditions. <laughs> I don't really mm. recommend it, mm. but, you know, here we were. And yet, you know, she connected so well with Nandini and we had her read a couple of times. We had her come back in another Zoom audition and she just, and she took the direction really well, you know, and and we just sort of went like, you know, this is pretty much a no brainer right now. And she had all the expressions that we really wanted. So, yeah. And then when we meet her personally, oh, she's such a sweetheart. She's good. such a sweetheart. <laughs> and she's got, she's got really good support system in her mom. I mean, we first day of shooting, we had her there from like 8 a.m. to like almost midnight. And no complaints, nothing, you know. Um, she just wanted to be there. She said, I don't want to go home. I'll be here. I'm like, yeah, but they'll kill me. You know? <laughs> the union is going to come after me. So There's rules. Gotta... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you you brought up the daughter, Erin, because I, there's a really beautiful scene, again, with the mother and daughter um, that Jacinta, I wanted to hear from you, just what it was like to direct that scene and sort of the catharsis that comes with it. And then Lisa, you can follow up being a mother, um, how important that scene is for you. Yeah. Well, ladies, that day when we shot that scene, it was getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting cold and um, there were a lot of quivering lips and, you know, but that scene, honestly, we had already started shooting in the morning. And even though Nyara had met Nandini for the first time, by the evening, it really felt like they had a mother and daughter connection. So for me to shoot that scene, 
it didn't take too much because they both understood the roles. They both understood where they were. And they, they had such a strong chemistry. They had such a strong connection. I only gave little tweaks. But, you know, that's that's the beauty of having having direct actors who are trained because, you know, sometimes they they already know, trained or experienced, you know. You get that luck of, you know, they know how to go to that to that place and to that state of mind in, in front of the camera. So I didn't really have to do much. I just, I didn't, and I didn't want to push it because it was so natural already to see them in that, in that way. So I didn't want to push it. I didn't want to like give too much direction. I just wanted them to take it. And sometimes less is more. And, and that's why I said, Jesse, don't say anything, let them take over. And they did, you know. I think for me, that scene was really poignant. And I, I mean, on one hand, I think about my own daughter and I hope that she has that sort of, I feel like she has an old soul kind of understanding, but I, but I hope she never has to like address that with me of like, I understand what you're going through mom. I hope that never has to happen. Cause I mean, as much as I thought of my, my own daughter, I actually thought of myself as a child and the stuff that I had to, you know, witness growing up. It's a little bit of therapy. Like your inner child is like telling your child it's going to be okay in a way, you know? I mean, as much as I was thinking of my daughter, I was thinking of myself as a little girl and like what I, what, what my parents were going through, what I was going through and how kids who go through that kind of um, upbringing where there's turmoil, they have to grow up fast. They have to grow up really Mm. quickly and they have to end up sometimes raising their own parents. And I feel like there's a little bit of that, not so much raising her mom, but growing up quickly. I do want to talk about the state of filmmaking for BIPOC women and just curious because Jacintha, you've been, it sounds like you've been making films for a minute. Uh, <laughs> I know we know Lisa's past <laughs> being the badass she is. Um, are things, we like to talk to our filmmakers about this. Are things kind of changing? Are they not changing? I feel like every week there's, there's growth in the industry, but then, you know, you watch the news and it seems like everything's falling apart. So What's the balance? How are we feeling about this? And I know that you're about to put this film or you're pitching this film to film festivals. So how is that? You know, I, I, I'll i be very honest. I, I, I'm, first of all, I'm really glad that, that maybe the, the world of filmmaking or the people are starting to open up to BIPOC filmmakers, BIPOC films. But I still think that there's a lot to still be learned. I think I think there's a lot more to be caught up on. I think people in general, you know, stop being afraid of us because we have got strong stories. Work with us. Don't be afraid of what we have to say. And I still think that some people are still afraid to take that chance. But, you know, we just have to keep pushing. And um, I don't know for how long more. Allies is, you know, they're so important, um, you know, in, in any industry, really, really, you need to have an ally. And and I think, I think for now, like, yeah, you know, we're starting to have some of these allies with us, but I do think that we still have a lot more, there's still a lot more to be done. And, and I think that if we're talking about Hollywood in general, I do think that they still need to open up a little bit more. I'm not saying that they haven't at all, but they're starting to, but they can speed it up a little bit. And that's why, like with with Madhavi, one of the good things is, and and it it actually also opened up my eyes as a South Asian person, because, you know, when I was submitting the gift and everything uh, of our former film, I was like looking at all these generally, like all these film festivals that I thought that, okay, you know, I'm just going to put it in this film. I'm going to submit to this film festival. But then I realized that, you know, I have to do a lot more research because 
what does this film represent? Mm-hmm. Who is the, who's going to be the audience? And um, for Madhavi, I'm grateful that we do have quite a number of South Asian film festivals out there, they're, you know, and they're going to be really open to stories like this. But I also feel, and I know in my heart of hearts that Madhavi is also so universal and it can speak to anybody out there, regardless of your race, regardless of, you know, regardless of, of your religion and stuff. But you just have to open up a little bit more to us and because we've got so much to offer, we just have to keep pounding the pavement i think we made some cracks here and there right and hopefully you know sooner or later the crack becomes like a a huge i don't a know canyon, what do you call it a, a canyon, canyon yes. or a chasm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'll add to that there are a lot of programs out there and a lot of communities and groups that are uplifting bipoc filmmakers lots of workshops you know etc cetera, etc cetera. And I think that the studios are starting to realize that, like Black Panther's a perfect example, right? But I think the key is we have to show them that, that we're money makers. So we yeah. have to show up at the yeah. box office. We have to show them what we have to pay. We have to show them that like we're willing to pay for our own products, our own stories, mm-hmm. you know? So um, yeah, I think that's that's that goes hand in hand. We, we can get the door open as much as possible, but if no one's gonna show up, I mean, the door's going to close, you know, so yeah. we just have to keep showing up. I mean, not everybody is going to write a crazy rich Asians story. I mean, there are other stories as well that, mm-hmm. you know, but that's the thing about Hollywood because, you know, it's all a business, right? They, they, yeah. It's it's all about trying to make money and how much can you get at the box office? How much can, you know, how much does this star bring in, you know, for the company? But we've got real stories to tell too, you know? So, yeah. Absolutely. We all have to show up for each other and, with holding each other's hands, helping yes. each other lift each other up. And yeah. and we do have to wrap, but I did want to fit in one really quick one. Um, just with all of the discourse on victim blaming, mm. we have Roe v. Wade, we yeah. have the topic of domestic abuse. Uh, I, I, I just wanted- about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh. oh God, that's part two of this interview. Yeah. That's, a whole <laughs> other, that's a whole other beast, but there's so much victim blaming and you clearly address that in this film. I wanna know, and, and from both of your own personal experience, what is you know one or two things that you would like the viewer to take from the victim's experience after watching this film? Um, from the victim's, experience i want people to understand that not everything is clear cut and it's not everything's clear cut and dry for them i want them to understand that the fight still goes on their journey still goes on it's a it's a different path but it still goes on the, their fight never ends for them you know and eventually that there is going to be happiness at the end of the tunnel i i guess if if i'm talking from personal experience as a former victim myself like i know that it it took a really long while to get to where I'm going to get. But there's so much of hope and belief at the end. So I might actually be rambling and it could also be the bourbon. And I haven't cussed yet. <laughs> I, I now cussed would be somewhere. the perfect time. Now yeah, would be the perfect. Jesse, do you understand what you're saying right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that just you, you nailed it. You know, like there is light at the end of the tunnel and, and, but it's not, yeah, it's not clear cut. Everyone, you know, people always say, why can't this person leave? Why can't they just leave? Um, it's not that clear cut, you know, and, and also, yeah, the whole community, community is everything, but just for the people who are watching, who are in a situation where they, they feel like they can't get out, you can make your own community. It's not going to be easy, but you can find a community who will support you. Um, You can create a new tribe. You can, 
create a new life. Yeah, it's not easy, but um, there's nothing like living life on your own terms, you know, so mm. you'll get there. Cheers to that. Thank you yeah. so much. Again, we've been speaking to the writer, director, and editor, Jacintha Charles, and producer Lisa Yadao of the short film Madhavi. Go support it and support local filmmakers and uh, support BIPOC women. The end. Bitches. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show is edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. proud member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcasts.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever